turn to Matthew 24 this morning. <coughs> Matthew, <coughs> Matthew 24. This morning we'll just read through to verse 24. Matthew 24, verse 1, the scripture tells us, Jesus went out, departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him, privately saying tell us when shall these things be and what should be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world and jesus answered and said unto unto them take heed that no man deceive you for many shall come in my name saying i am christ and shall deceive many and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and they shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee unto the mountain. <clears throat> let him which is on the house stop not come down to take away anything out of his house. Neither let them, him sorry, which is in the field return back to take his clothes and woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that uh, pray ye that your flight be not in winter, neither in the Sabbath day. And then, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Let's pray. Father God. We're grateful that we're able to come this morning. We're thankful for your precious word, your revelation of yourself to mankind. 
And Father God, especially to your church, your house, uh, Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to meet in this place today. We thank you for the people, your church, that are here in this building. And we pray that you would again speak to our hearts and, Father God, enable us to again have an understanding of uh, where we are and, Father, what we need to be wary of as we move into our new year, Father God. And we will thank you for that. Lord, uh, give us a, a spirit of understanding and enable us, Father, indeed, to uh, just comprehend the truths that you have us to. And we'll be grateful for that now. Bless the children's church undertake in a special way there, may Father, indeed, you just uh, use um, your people to share and encourage and challenge. And, Father, see uh, the hearts of young people opened, and we'll thank you for that now. But, Lord, we just thank you again for time together in your word, and we ask that you bless it in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. With a new year upon us, we, <coughs> again, if we're... Uh, Aware and looking, we see so much uh, out in the world uh, that to me can only again be an indicator of the last days. Scripturally, of course, the last days began almost immediately after <laughs> Jesus was crucified and uh, the opposition uh, to the truth and Christianity from then has been constant. But again, as I look around and see... Uh, what is happening in the world. Jesus' uh, warning here and his, um, um, his message that we need to beware of the deception uh, that is uh, blatant in the last days uh, is an imperative for us to take a hold of. We live in a city of avenues. They're everywhere. They all lead somewhere. Some are more inviting than others. And sometimes, like recently at our Jacaranda, certain avenues attract and draw people with an almost irresistible power. Jesus warned that in the final periods of history, the last days, there would be an almost irresistible power of deception that uh, is like our tree-lined avenues. It would entice and draw and allure people. But unlike, hopefully, our tree-lined avenues, it would... Uh, not be dangerous. Um, I don't know whether you uh, have ever witnessed some of the visitors and they get drawn in and obsessed and, and they actually walk out into the middle of the road <laughs> and are taking pictures of those avenues and that's a dangerous act. Uh, but here... <coughs> In Matthew uh, 24, um, Jesus talks about uh, three 
avenues of deceit. And he warned that these avenues of deceit would uh, almost um, completely overwhelm people. In verse 24, you can see it says false Christ, false prophets, uh, which will show great signs and wonders in so much that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Uh, almost everyone, Jesus warns, uh, will be fooled by these deceits. We need, as Christians, to walk according to the truth. Praise God, we have his revelation, the truth, and using God's word, we're able to set the standard and we can measure everything by his word, the truth. But even the very elect Jesus said, even his own people who knew and understood him, here in the context, he's probably uh, the, his people, the Jews, but in a general application, all of the people of God are open, are vulnerable to the deception. Today we want to investigate three of these avenues of deceit. In verse 4, we read about no man take heed that no man deceive you. In verse 11, we read about false prophets. Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. In verse 24, we read there shall arise false Christs and false prophets in so much they shall show such amazing things they will entice and allure with a power that can almost not be resisted. In fact, Jesus emphasised if it were possible, even the very people of God should be deceived. That's something to beware of. That's something to be on guard about. Before we look at these three avenues, I want to just quickly check out his warning. In verse 4, Jesus said, <coughs> Take heed that no man deceive you. Firstly, consider what this was in reference to. He'd been asked by the disciples what was going to be the sign of your coming and what <coughs> is going to be the signs of the end of the age. They wanted to know. He told them that the temple would be cast down and as they stood there perhaps looking at this incredible structure that was there, it was beyond their comprehension that that could have been cast down. 
but yet the Romans were able to do just that in a very short period of time following. They wanted to know what the signs were and Jesus answered and said, to me it's significant that he, the first thing he said is, beware, there's going to be huge deception. There's going to be take heed. This term take heed is <coughs> from the Greek word blepo, which is, this is a verb form. It means to see, I see. Here it actually means watch out, look out. It has the idea of beholding warily to see something and to comprehend immediately that there is a danger there and to be on guard. One of its figurative meanings has to do with to have an understanding in view of something that's perceived. Jesus, therefore, is telling his disciples and us to watch out. You must understand that deception will be everywhere. I wonder, do you know that? Are you aware of the multiple levels of deception at work in our world? at almost every level. And as the last days come forward, that level of deception will increase. We need to do as the old English says, take heed. <laughs> Be on your guard. Watch out. There are three avenues that Jesus <coughs> said we need to watch out. We need to take heed of these avenues of deception. Now, there are a multitude more that included in these three. <coughs> so at least in this passage, there are three that Jesus explicitly states. The first one is no man. Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. This term, no man, is an idiom which means anybody. It has the inference of everybody. Watch out for everybody. Let no man, don't let anybody or everybody, somebody, anybody, everybody, all men is actually what it means by inference. Let no man deceive you. Now, all men in the world can be divided into two groups. There are the redeemed, those who know the truth of God and have put their faith in Jesus Christ 
Christ, the Saviour, the Creator, the Redeemer, the coming King. There are those who've seen the revelation of the Scriptures and exercise repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and are born again. But even Christian men and women are guilty of deceit and are open to the deception, the avenues of deception. Sorry, they're able to, even as a Christian, we're able to walk down and be allured, enticed into that valley, into that avenue of deception. The other <coughs> portion of humanity are lost men, unregenerate, fallen humanity. Go up to Ephesians and chapter 4. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 20, <coughs> it says, But uh, ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Paul here is talking about salvation, regeneration, that point and, and what we've been saved from. We've been saved from the nature that was ours in Adam, the old man, and being born again being regenerated, we now have the spirit of Christ, the new man within. There is a distinction. For those who believe the gospel, those who are born again, have uh, a, a, a new spirit. They are sons of the living God, the most high. Sons and daughters of God. Um <clears throat> But all humanity still are, are open to deception and sadly also can be themselves a part of that avenue of deception. There's uh, a number uh, of men in the scripture, people, sorry, there's uh, a number of uh, ways that all men... Uh, can promote deception. There is um, the, um, the deception of the feeling-centred man. Uh, uh, Jeremiah tells us that uh, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The feeling-centred man trusting in your feelings apart from 
the truth of God is an avenue of deception. There is the self-deceived man. John 1, first John 1, 8. Just turn there with me. The in denial man. <clears throat> Not accepting self-evident truths is denial. We live in a world that is full of denial. But one of the biggest problems in the... Oh, sorry, one of the widest avenues of deceit is self-deceit. We need to stop and examine ourselves constantly. That's actually one of the aspects of the Lord's table. We are to come regularly and examine our hearts to make sure we are walking in the truth to turn from the falsehood, the sin that so easily besets to seek, to confess, to seek restoration that we might be wor worthy to partake. How often do we deceive ourselves? How often do we try to deceive others? Sadly, that's still a part of our hearts. So 1 John 1, <coughs> 8, here we see self-deceit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Those who deny the self-evident fact of sin in humanity are deceived. As we walk uh, in the world trying to be a light in this world as we have our families, as we have our churches, as we have our uh, interaction in the community. We need to understand there is sin in the world and in our hearts and we need to act, accept that and act upon that basis. If you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your saviour, you need to go to the next verse where it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus is the answer to sin. We have to come to the point where in conviction we bow and we cry out for Jesus to forgive us. Uh, James a couple of pages back in your Bible, a couple of pages forward, James chapter 1, we see another type of self-deceit. James 1.22b, ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Doers of the word, not hearers only. Hypocrisy of the highest order saying you know God but saying you know the truth of God and but it not changing your life and not 
sharing that wonderful life-giving message with others uh, um, a thousand ways or more. God reveals himself to us and we say, yeah, we know that, but we're not doing it. Is self-deceit a part of the problem? Beware of the avenue of self-deceit. Beware of the in denial man. The proud man, Jeremiah 46, 16. <clears throat> Pride, of course, is a huge, broad avenue of deceit. It's enticing and alluring avenue is more beautiful than and more inviting than almost any other. Pride, of course, if we go back, Satan was that which deceived him that he, in his beauty and his wisdom, as one of the anointed cherubim of God, would indeed take on, be deceived that he could think he could... God, worship as God. Pride all through from that point on has been a constant avenue of deceit. Jeremiah 49. <coughs> Sorry, we're going to look at Jeremiah 49. <coughs> Forty-nine and verse sixteen. Here Jeremiah is prophesying against Edom, <coughs> and he says, "I've heard a rumor uh, from the Lord and." An ambassador sent under the heathen, saying, Gather ye together and come against her. Rise up to the battle, for lo, I'll make thee small among the heathen and despised among men. Thy terribleness hath deceived thee, and, thy pri and the pride of thine heart. O thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, and behold the height of the hill. Eden, verse 17, shall be a desolation. Thy terribleness, terribleness here has to do with their violent strength, their ability to inspire terror in others. We live in a world full of fierce, uncontrollable people, from ISIS to the road rager. People's Pride and terribleness have dreadful consequences on those they interact with. But pride and terribleness deceive. And in the end, the Lord our God will come and he will judge the proud heart. Are we aware of the proud man? He's one of the men that can deceive. 
the enticing man and woman. Peer pressure is one of those huge things <coughs> for young people but also for older people. We, we feel the pressure to conform and the enticing man or woman. Proverbs chapter 1. In Proverbs, the book of uh, instruction for the children <coughs> uh, of the Hebrews, but also instruction for the children of God, the spiritual children. We read uh, again of um, many instructions with regard uh, to not being um, led away, <coughs> not being enticed into evil, not bowing to pressure or giving in. Verse Chapter 1, verse 10 summarises it. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. For Proverbs 4, verses 14 and 15, enter not into the path of the wicked, go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. For they sleep not, except they've done mischief and they, their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. Eat the bread of wickedness, drink the wine of violence, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. Beware of the avenue of collective moving forward of peer pressure of being pressured, moulded, conformed, enticed by uh, the group. Five, Proverbs 5.3. <clears throat> Here we have the lips of a strange woman which drop as honeycomb. Mouth is smooth than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged short. Her feet go down to death, her steps take a hold on hell. Here is the enticing, the luring woman, the avenue of immorality goes both ways. Uh, chapter 9, <coughs> verses 13. Foolish woman is clamorous, she's simple, she knoweth nothing. She sits at the door of a house on a seat in the high place of the city to call the passengers who go right on their ways. Who so is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, stolen waters are sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he knoweth not. There's deception. The sweet, stolen water, the alluring avenue of deception, of enticement into immorality, the sinful man and sinful woman inviting us to come and partake, that is a crippling avenue. It tells us, he knows not, that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of hell. Immorality <coughs> or 
alluring into sinful activities, whatever they are, are destructive. Sin causes death and destruction, and that's all there is to it. We need to beware of the enticement and turn from it, pass away. Don't let that man deceive you. Then there is the man of substance abuse. Proverbs 20 and verse 1. Again, in our age, this is an epidemic. Here in the scriptures, it's alcohol, wine, is among a strong drink, is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. We live today in our culture where there is an epidemic of ice, of methamphetamine and of alcohol. It's one of Australia's gods. We are one of the most drunken nations in the world. Substance abuse, again, has its initial alluring nature. Looks fun, fear. It's kind of, wow, amazing. But again, it leads to death and destruction. Verse 29 of chapter 23. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contention? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Verse 32 tells us it biteth at last, at the last, it biteth like a serpent, it stingeth like an adder. Talks about, again, the immorality that it entices a person into. And then it talks about the anaesthetic property where when you're inebriated and beaten and stricken, you don't even feel it. And then after all that, when you sleep, you wake up and what do you do? You seek it again. We need <coughs> to beware. We need to actually get out there and share with the people who've been down this avenue of deception and destruction that there is a better way. The Lord... God who made us doesn't want us to be overwhelmed and out of control and possessed by another spirit, whether it's alcohol or drugs. There is an incredible future available when the Lord comes for all those who realise that this avenue of deceit destroys, deceives. Get out there, share, encourage, welcome, make friends with some of those people. Share the truth of forgiveness in Christ with those people.
drunken, a substance abuse man. And then there's the rich man. <coughs> Matthew 13. Matthew 13 and verse 22. Jesus' parable of the sower or the seed. And it's interesting that one of the people who received the word the seed was... In verse 22, he also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and yet the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the word and he become unfruitful. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understands it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth, some an hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Or whether you believe that this first person or <coughs> the, was uh, a true believer or not, um, the point is the deceitfulness of riches choked out that person that person's spiritual growth, perhaps even their life. The deceitfulness of riches. Go over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Even believers, even believers, <coughs> this, uh, <coughs> we understand uh, by the term greed, Greed, covetousness is how the Bible puts it in certain ways, but greed or lust was another old English word used for it. An uncontrollable desire, an insatiable longing for wealth, things or pleasures. consume and destroy, but initially they deceive. First uh, Timothy 6. Verse 9. It says, They that will be rich fall into temptation and the snare, and into many foolish, hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, all types of evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The rich man, 
his eyes can be deceived. The rich man, those who have a desire for riches, those who are intrinsically greedy, are going to fall into all kinds of hurt, destruction, foolish, hurtful lusts. They will pierce themselves through with many sorrows and they will also pierce others. Are we aware of these many men who are <coughs> avenues of deceit we need in our walk with the Lord to be aware to know the truth that everyone, anybody, most people are going to be an avenue for deceit in our lives. And we need to share, uh, sorry, and we need to be aware of that and we need to watch and pray. We need to make sure that these men don't lead us down the avenue of deceit. The second <coughs> form of deception that Jesus talks about are false Christs. False Christs. In verse, back in Matthew 24, Back in Matthew 24. <clears throat> Verse 5, many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. In the context here, this is those that would come and proclaim to be a false messiah after Jesus. Again, in the context of the passage, immediately after the events of Jesus' life, there were a huge amount of people that came into uh, Palestine and claimed to be messiahs. Some of them are recorded actually even in the book of Acts. There was an Egyptian that led out 30,000 people that Gamaliel talks about. Then there's Simon Magus who was down in Samaria who had a power over people and claimed to be uh, of God, probably messianic. Josephus, the Jewish historian, said that uh, pop-up uh, messiahs were so common that the Romans took at least one in um, almost every week until they stirred up so much trouble that they caused the city uh, to have, uh, in the, because see in the people wanted a messiah that would deliver them politically uh, not spiritually and so all of these pop-up messiahs, all of these false Christs, they all claim to have the power and the ability to lead a successful revolution against Rome. 
And in the end, it led to the destruction, to multiplied rebellion, and in the end, destruction. But in our day, the false Christ, I believe, I would suggest, have to do with the big worldview players we're surrounded by. The great deceivers of our day turn up to Colossians and chapter 2, verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. We live in a world where Satan has a huge range of false Christs. We live in a world where there is not only those who substitute for Christ, but again uh, uh, claim to be uh, uh, the big picture and reject biblical Christianity and the truth of the one true God. We have Islam, Buddhism and Hinduism as the three uh, three of the largest religions in the world. They are all anti-Christ. We have other New Age Eastern philosophies in yoga which try to include Christ. We have atheistic evolution. We have postmodernism with its world of no truth. We have Marxist collectivism, which rules some of the biggest countries in the world. We have corporate collectivism, which governs uh, a lot of the Western world for the good of corporations who you work for. We have naturalism in its paganistic sense and we also have naturalism in its chemical determinism sense where you're only the product of the firings of your neurons. The solution, of course, to all of these false Christs is found in the truth of the scriptures as the Apostle said, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's Son manifest to the world to bring the truth but also to die in our place for our sin and risen again and restored to his heavenly throne and one day coming back to judge all of this falsehood. John chapter 3. Verse 16. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Let's do it. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but through that world through him might be saved. Him alone. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he 
that believeth is uh, not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Lights come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The Apostle John, in fact, John's gospel is the answer to all of the false religion in the world. John says in 2031, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, and that believing you might have life through his name. We need to beware. We need to know some of these avenues and we need to have the answer for those people and show them the truth as it is in Jesus. The third and final avenue (coughs) was false prophets. I believe this has to do uh, with um, the smaller picture, those who uh, would claim uh, to be um, Christians but uh, definitely are not. Um, Not the big worldview picture but kind of tacking on or interfering with uh, uh, (coughs) genuine Christianity. Um, Go to Isaiah 30. There were false prophets amongst God's people all through history. And uh, the thing is about false prophets is they love to deceive. But the thing is, and we need to understand that the people who hear these false prophets, they love to be deceived. So they perhaps have gone down that avenue of self-deceit already and therefore they are open and, and, and their bait. <clears throat> Isaiah 39, no, 8. <coughs> now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. This is a rebellious people, lying children. Children will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not. And to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceit. Wow. That's a tragic avenue to be going down when your heart is so turned from God that you don't want to hear God's messengers, God's men, God's word. You just want to hear smooth things, deceits. I trust we will never go down that avenue. Peter tells us in 2 Peter, and we're almost done. Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2, But there were false prophets also among the people. We had a look at those in Isaiah. Even as there shall be false 
teachers among you who probably that's in a secret underhanded fashion will bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction and many shall follow their pernicious ways wow why perhaps they have gone down that avenue of self deceit like the people back in Isaiah's sorry Jeremiah's time many will follow their pernicious ways and by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of wow the way of truth evil spoken of how many <coughs> cultists have caused the way of truth to be evil spoken of the JWs the Mormons the modern mega church emergent movement multiple so-called Christians who've Paul warns against sorry just turn back <coughs> to Second uh, Timothy <coughs> verse 3, 4, 3 13 says evil men and seducial wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived and then he says you need to continue in the scripture he says in them you've got everything you need but he says in 4.3 the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lusts heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears wow like people in, in, in Jeremiah's time there will be people Christians or so called Christians who will heap to themselves teachers because they won't endure the truth that's what sound doctrine is and they will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables false prophets they're all around us they were back then they are still now we need to be aware of that and and know that avenue of truth and be familiar with it if we can and have the truth to share that we might be able to perhaps turn some back from that those false prophets Jesus warned that we need that there would be multiple avenues of deception in the last days those avenues include people men no man every man somebody anybody they include the great anti-christ religions philosophies of our day they include false prophets who might just be in the corner here 
but could lead us away from the truth and in to condemnation. Are we aware of those avenues? Are we not, uh, sorry, are we, are we being uh, alert and aware and not open to the deception that comes through them? Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful for, Lord, just to, again, your precious word. We desire that you would show us again how important it is that we know and understand, Lord, how deceptive our times will be. Help us not to be gullible and complacent. Help us have the right kind of critical spirit. Help us to know the truth. And Father God, uh, put to the test, Father, those that come uh, before us, whether it's just our friends in the schoolyard, whether at work, whether it's those that, uh, Lord, want to, to come in to our church, church and, and teach something perhaps different, Lord, help us to be aware that there is great deception. And, Lord, we want to be uh, like the Lord Jesus, aware we don't want to believe. We want to watch. We want to pray. We want to, Lord, take uh, action where we can with our families and in our community, and we thank you, Lord, for that now. In your son's name, amen.